Welcome to the Epic Levels Mad Dungeon Podcast, where we create a one-page adventure improv style. I'm Steve Albertson, the Dragon Warrior. Artista Protista, Andrew Baluri, the Tiger Wizard. And I'm Rob Baluri, a.k.a. DJ Robbie Darko, and I love games, dudes. Let's Let's roll. roll! This garden is fantastic, and and look at these beans I'm going to plant. I bought them from an old man on the road. Now I just need to get this trusty trowel that I got from my grandfather. Sometimes it talks to me. Yo, what's up? It's me. I'm the old man who's got the beans and shit. What's up, punks? Yo, check it out. There's this creep coming into this garden right now. His name's Next Snapper McSnappy. Better watch out for him. He's going to snap your necks like carrots. Put on your neck brace. It's me, Neck Snapper. I've come back for you, old man McDougal. And you and your trusty magic trowel. If you don't get me my rent by the end of the week, I swear to all that is unholy that I will take your magic trowel and sell it on the black market as I've threatened over and over. Well, these beans are supposed to give me gold, so just wait. They're going to take some nourishment and time and watering and tending. But me and my trowel, and I guess my non-talking trowel now, and my my friend who sold me the beans are going to help me make it happen. So don't worry, you're going to get your gold. Yeah, that's right. On the the bean market, these these goddamn beans are going to be like, going to be like gold-plated beans, man. Well, I believe in you, old man McDougal. But just to show that I mean business, Hachak! There, I've Wait. chopped off your left hand, your non-trowel hand, and what's your friend here going to do about it? <laughs> I'll be back at the end of the week. Damn, I'm not doing shit. I'm out of here, too. I'm just going to get a Band-Aid and get back to troweling. All right, everyone, welcome to uh, the Epic Levels Mad Dungeon side quest. That farmer is not, I, I don't think it's going to work out for him. Yeah, it didn't you. sound like that gonna... one went so well. <laughs> it was not no. ideal. I feel like the side quest uh, was the villain did his side quest, which was uh, grinding on like threatening farmers. <laughs> He's like making his XP one, uh, one severed hand at a time. Also weird yeah. that his name was Neck Snapper and... Cut off hands. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Zach. Uh, our producer, Zach, is joining us for this side quest. That's right. I got some exciting uh, games that I'd like to talk about. And, you know, we've been missing Rob for a couple episodes. And uh, we look forward to having them back soon. Cool. What have you been playing, Zach? Ooh, so there is a game in beta on my PC called Marauders. Uh, I don't know the genre name. I think people are still kind of mixing around what it's going to be. But uh, Looter Shooter Extraction, I think, is the going uh, r- term right now. It's you, you, You've got your loadout. You go to a little raid zone. You attack NPCs and other players. You find better guns and armor and weapons and ammo and health kits. And hopefully you survive enough to get out of there with all the good stuff you got so you can go back in and get another one. Um, you die, you lose it all. It's it's a, it's a blast. Uh, space pirates, basically, um, alternate history. So it's future space with World War II weapons. Kind of cool. Is this a like first it. person shooter? 
Yes, first-person shooter. A so, classic genre of gaming. <laughs> yeah. If you if you die, do you lose everything from that insertion, or do you lose like everything that you've gathered? No, everything from that insertion. That's a great question. So you have like a home base stash. Yeah. Okay. Um, that the you back cave like, or whatnot. Know. Correct. Okay. And then you also have um, merchants that you can, you know, purchase, you know, items from. So you you always have an option of something to show up with. Even if you've, like, lost everything, you can still show up with something. Oh, so, okay. A boot knife. (laughs) A boot knife. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Carrot knife. Um, Okay, so if you, let's, let's say you've got in your cave, you've collected a bunch of fantastic weapons um you know a world war ii panzer five uh mm-hmm. and and you can then load in you can insert uh with that panzer five right and then you die you lose that panzer five or if it's For sure. already been brought back to your cave it's safe uh if you load in with the panzer five and you die that panzer five is gone and collected by Whoever killed you, unless it was an NPC, they don't seem to care about moving your body. Okay, so it's a real risk-reward type situation. Very much risk-reward. The AI is a mixed bag. Um, Sometimes I feel like bullet sponges. Sometimes they're, um, you know, they're easy to kind of follow and expect what to do. Uh, Certain raids you go to, they, they feel like they're just swarming you and they've just like... I don't know. They shoot you twice and you're out. I don't know. It's it's a mixed bag. Sometimes they're easy. Sometimes they're hard. Do you feel like that's an exceptional AI over other first person shooters? Uh, you know, so my um, my remembered history with like AI and first person shooters, I think like Bungie style has always proven to be like the best AI. I guess the Destiny's the current going, but like the Halo. They always seem to be really intelligent, good system. The, these these AI are definitely not that. They kind of like run back and forth and like, you know, look at you and then shoot. Um, yeah. Their challenge is more about how many bullets sometimes they take and uh, how quickly they can kill you. Not yeah, necessarily yeah. their intelligence. So in PUBG so been, that I played, I haven't uh, played in like a year or so, but the AI in there, it would, <laughs> it would always be you'd hear them like, pitter-pattering around in these like erratic patterns and you'd be like okay i don't think this is a human i think i could take this a out pretty easily but it was very much the experience in marauders yeah so the um the new modern warfare uh the new modern warfare 2 i've been playing it and Mm -hmm. they have some new modes that have like a lot of ai um and they it's embarrassing actually to get killed by an ai um yeah that's that's an experience right you're like <laughs> oh come on <laughs> i was like seriously like the bot got me but um they feel like they so like in previous call of duty games the the ais have felt like what you just described it's like um this is not a threat but they are kind of lethal in this new modern warfare um they have these sort of like big maps where it's you know it's like 50 to 100 people on one side against the other um, and it, they just populated it with a bunch, a bunch of um, pretty lethal bots. But um, what else? What else you been? Uh, what else you been clicky clacking with? Well, I'll, I'll talk about Mass Effect in a second. But but, but I think behind the curtain of Marauders, okay. I think each zone you load into is maybe twelve players to the max. Oh, okay. And I feel like they're populating it with a lot of these AI just to kind of feel like combat's constantly happening, dangers constantly around the corner because the maps are relatively big. 
So I, I think that's probably why that they're there. Uh, and I like the mix of it. How many football fields are each of the zones? If you had to guess. You're talking about like two or three buildings. You're talking about like a city block. Well, so they're like space stations. So they're kind of like, you know, okay. contained in like a, a certain. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe one to two football fields worth. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, like a Deep Space Nine. <laughs> okay. There's one that's like Deep Space Nine. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so another space game I'm playing is Mass Effect. It's a, you know, it's an old favorite. I'm trying to run through the the trilogy. I never finished the third one, so I thought this, I'll just start over from scratch. Um, I remember the ambiance, the music, the role playing in this game was so much fun, and it, it's holding true. It's fun. The downside is that the first game of the combat feels a little clunky. It's third person action shooter kind of, you know, force magic, and then. Um, there's definitely a segment where you have to drive around in your little like land rover on planets and like search for, you know, different resources. And it's kind of clunky and I don't like it, but overall it's, it's so much fun to immerse myself in that future space world. But it's all about the world, right? Can you give us like an overview of the uh, world of mass effect just for non mass effect players? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm guessing it's like, you know, the 22nd, 23rd century. Um, humans have kind of like branched out to Mars and eventually figured out new space travel, found some technology that allowed them to like do greater space travel. And they, I guess, ran across other species, kind of like in uh, Star Trek, you have, um, you know, um, oh man, it's not the, the Alliance. What's the Alliance of People in Star Trek? Federation Federation the Federation and so there's a group of different aliens who have kind of like um, gathered on this like really large ancient space station built by an old agent culture Um, and uh, the the humans are the new people in the group Um, there is definitely a lot of like xenophobia like you know this race is bad and this and, and people don't trust each other and the humans are trying to um, you know make their stake in you know, their ability to be a part of this uh, galactic union of, of, of alien races. Are you playing a human in I'm playing all of these human. games? Yes, yes. You you accumulate group members who are of other races. And I'm definitely playing what's called the Paragon route where you're being nice to everyone. And so I'm certainly like trying to like, you know, respect other races. I act curious about other races and, you know, help other races. But it's just very clear that you could take the route of like, you know, being racist as well and, and ugly and mean to other races and try to like, you know, take advantage of everyone so that humans are on top. Gruesome. And what is the last Mass Effect game that came out? Is it is it still third person? Yeah. So, well, there's like, um, so the, the, the trilogy is Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. And then there was, um, I think maybe it's called Andromeda. There was another kind of like side story. Um, I never played that one either. I know these games are beloved. I've never stepped foot in the Mass Effect world, but uh, me either. Man, maybe I should. Well, I'll say this: that yeah, no, it's fine. I'll say this: if if you're not going to play it, I would say at least like look at the soundtrack for the Mass Effect, and maybe when you're doing some writing or something, like have that like spacey music on in I, the background. Dude, it's I do. Cool. So I have a like, uh, so I have a fantasy playlist and a sci-fi playlist, depending on what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And the Mass Effect stuff is absolutely on that playlist. Yeah, yeah. the soundtrack is okay. very cool. Even from the older games, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. I love it. All right, yeah. So Andrew, tell us about your uh, week's gaming experience. 
Oh, well, I would love to. Um, so I went over to my buddy Thorne's place for an in-person game, um, continuing the playtest of his, um, uh, so it's, um, it's a DCC game written for DCC. And the original thing is, um, Sky of OV, Sky of Crimson Flame. So that, um, if you're familiar with DCC, is a um, it's a zero level adventure that is intended to um, funnel your characters down to whoever is going to make it out um, to be your character for the campaign. So um, I play tested that one a, a little while back, and now he is working on a Redux. So this is going to be like, I guess, like a second edition of this adventure and uh, accompanying campaign. So we are playtesting through um, the uh, associated campaign, which is Blights of the Eastern Forest. So um, it's a really cool sort of, um, you know, self-contained world with a lot of lore and, and cool history. Um, when we did the, the funnel part of it, all of my characters except for one died. So I'm playing my one remaining character. He's a warrior, um, not very strong. So relying heavily on, uh, archery. Uh, his name is Chaz Chum Gorger. (laughs) Um, and, um, (laughs) he's got long locks of hair, uh, rippling muscles, what was his background? Uh, well, so uh, as a background, he was a hunter. Um, uh, so quite uh, accustomed to being out in the woods. Uh, I tend to enjoy the way that you describe uh, characters, um, appearances, and physique. Ah, yes. I feel like that's probably one of the ways that you find yourself immersing into uh, games like this, is that you really visualize the character you're playing. Yeah. It's probably and- an illustrator in you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. And but, but I also I really enjoy um, uh, d- like decorative, uh, like flavor text. You know, like the box text for modules. You know, I, I love. You know, the mechanics are great, but I love like a well written, maybe even a little bit verbose box text. Um, you know that that gives sort of like a dripping, oozing description of what we're supposed to be envisioning. Um, so anyway, uh, the, uh, the blights of the Eastern forest, um, is going to be coming to Kickstarter, I think next year. Um, and so it'll be the level zero adventure as well as the expanded campaign. So the first book had, um, the, as like a little bonus mini campaign, and he's expanded it to be like twice as big for the new one, um, which will have uh, an even larger, an even larger map. It's like twice as big for the map of like the area, the area map. So it's been pretty fun to, uh, you know, to explore. We did a, uh, a haunted topiary maze um, with a um, uh, sort of an evil. It's kind of funny. It kind of ties into what our little intro improv was there was a um like an evil gardener who 
um, I guess he murdered his loved one with a, a spade. And um, it's been sort of like a haunted, evil topiary garden. It was gross. Lots of gross stuff. I like gross. Thorne also <laughs> did. Uh, so he writes several uh, DCC adventures, including uh, what was the Halloween one that we did? So I that one yeah. stuff because that's the movie, but that's not it's it's, it's called, called. the it's called <laughs> it consumes. That was his Halloween adventure. He wrote um, it consumes it yeah. consumes. Yes. Based on the movie, the stoof, the stoof. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before I left, we had a little going away party for me from Atlanta, and Thorne was there, um, and he was showing me art from this thing, and the art from the original book rules, and the expanded map is very fun because it's the same map, same illustrator that just kind of made a whole another exactly same size to like the east <laughs> of what's going yeah. on. There. So it's yeah, going to so be pretty cool getting the like it's... full book with all the extra stuff. Yeah, so it's actually, it's Stefan Pogue, um, and he actually, um, he didn't just add on to what he'd already drawn, he redrew the whole thing uh, twice as big, so it's it's very cool to, to look at, um, and I'm excited to continue exploring in the eastern forest. I like forests, uh, so I'm guessing we're not talking about any miniature paintings with your, your new uh, full-fledged hobby um so we can we certainly can i did uh i did have a miniature painting night um where me and becky went over to our our friend bradley and jessica's house and we did uh just a whole we had dinner and they they cooked us dinner and we had a whole night of just painting miniatures so I constructed and painted two Necron warriors. Um, I still need to go back and add um, some some highlights to it. Um, but overall, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with how they came out. Um, I did a uh, dry brushing, layering, dry brushing technique. So started out by spray painting the miniature black, and then doing a dry brushing of. Uh, a medium gray and then a very light dry brushing um, on the top with a, a very dry white brush. Um, and then I came back with some silver for parts of the weapon and I'm going to put another couple of washes of neon green onto the, uh, the, um, the neon part of the, the bolter plasma bolter pistol cannon thing. So yeah, there you go. Super cool. All right. What about you, Steve? What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing games with you, Andrew. So uh, the... shocking. Yeah, shocking. Let's go back to Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition uh, level 14 playing games where we are traversing through uh, layers of hell. Each of these late uh latest episodes have been pretty much just big old battles and that's what we did for three hours <laughs> this week was uh we're all just making our way between the first layer of hell and the second layer of hell and uh we fought a uh got into an ice cave so we had lots of fun ice cave uh obstacles in our way as we fought an ice devil 
to Irines. I'm not even sure how you, they're harpy demons. Irines. Irines. Irines, yeah. Irine. <laughs> Irines. 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 Honestly, I don't know if I've ever heard this word said out loud, to be honest. Irines. That's Irines. my guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that with confidence. Just now. And let, let me just tell you, I've been reading that word my whole life, and I've never taken the time out to uh, go hit the pronunciation key on a computer. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, also a black dragon, Abishai, and a Naz- Nazagon. Who, Narzagon. Uh, Narzagon. Narzagon. I do know that one. Narzagon. Well, it sounds are like you're playing a game of nightmares. pronunciation. Dude, for yeah. real. Like, who can. This is why it's so hard to summon demons, right? Like, on all the Lovecraftian <laughs> stuff. The, yeah. the pronunciations, like, what fucks you up, right? That's why you end up getting haunted all the time. Yeah. So anyway, we did fine. We fought all these things and uh, we won. <laughs> it was a hard fought battle. No one died except for a bunch of uh, devils. And uh, we're making our way down. Andrew, do you want to? Well, you, we could talk about devils and like uh, what each of these things were or are, because that's kind of a little fun thing to do. Sure. A little devil deep dive. Yeah, have fun. A little yeah. devil deep dive. Yeah. yeah. Um, devils and demons. They're different. Um uh, difficult to decipher, uh, decidedly, um, devious, devious. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're in the alliteration track. Uh, doubles are I've lawful. Demons are chaotic. So, uh, what we should be doing is just trying to get, uh, some, we should just be fighting them with law instead of our fists. I know. Why didn't we just bring a stack is. of contracts down here? Well, cause we'd probably lose that fight is probably yeah. what would happen. Right. Like, <laughs> So Ice Devil uh, looks like a giant skeletal uh, monster with uh, thin, live skin suckered to its skin. Yeah, like a buggish face, but it also has like a stinger, like a scorpion cold stinger on the back of it. Um, Gross. Irines. And that's going to be turned. Irines. Irinians. Irines are... uh, normally black feathered harpy looking demons that are like flying around. I mean, maybe they are like, they're straight up kind of harpy ish, right? Yeah. I thought they were very harpy ish. That's always how I've sort of imagined them. They fly around. These ones, I think they were equipped with some sort of, uh, maybe a longbow or some kind of shooting arrows. They were shooting at us. Yeah. And we got this, uh, Abishai. Abashi? Yeah. Abishai. Yeah, black um, dragon, huh? Yeah. So this was a creepy dude. So he's big, black, like dragonborn looking dude. Yeah, it's not actually it's not actually a dragon, but it does have some sort of draconic um traits. Right. They're children right. of Tiamat. Yeah, right? it is not a dragon. It is not a dragon. They are just dragon looking. But I mean, there's probably some dragony history to him, I'd assume. They're definitely like they look dragon borny, but like creepier. You know, I have not done a deep dive into these guys. I do not remember. But that would make a lot of sense. And that would also make sense that you'd have different like the five colors of Tiamat for each one. There's definitely like five different variations of Abishai and they are the five uh, chromatic dragon colors and they are like 
scaly devils that are descended of Tiamat, but I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I just, I don't know. Abishai yeah, is I mean, how I would let's, say it. Abishai is what I would say too. And that makes yeah. sense for the uh, campaign that we're playing in too, because the two big gods of this world are Tiamat on the evil side and yeah. uh, Bahamut is what you're looking for. <laughs> me. <laughs> so let me ask you a question because uh, I guess big zoom out, right? Um, from what I understand, the, the campaign started off, you're a group of people coming back from, yeah, you're a group of people coming back from war to go home and find out that there's trouble brewing. And let me stop you right be- there, Zach, for just a moment, because the war was against an encroaching army of devils. Uh-huh. So it's also we're back and all these people are like, I remember you killed me at this point. So like we're fighting all these yeah. people that are like our enemies from that big war. Oh, that's fun. That's that's great. So we're zooming out. You came back home to solve a problem. And from what I understand, you were just about at the climax of solving this problem when you got sent to hell. Well, and then basically yeah, we had a nuclear missed... explosion arrow that killed us all. <laughs> and then we went yeah. to heaven. Talked to some uh, gods. Yeah, I was not killed. And by then the that, gods by sent the us. <laughs> Andrew's character went willingly to the afterlife planes. <laughs> was it willingly? I don't know. Yeah, you miss solving this problem, and so now you're in an uh, another plane. And I'm guessing that there's continuously new problems happening back at home. You're basically in a whole new battle and whole new war, leveling up, becoming stronger again, only to return home with much time having passed to I guess oh. face a whole new repeat of problems. Yeah, Who Steve, knows? wasn't there something about like some kind of time difference? Like when we're in limbo, like time travel, like time progresses differently. Yeah. So time is moving way faster in the material plane than where we yeah. are. So we're uh, going to be who knows what the world is going to look like when we return to the material plane. If, so last week we had we people return. praying to <laughs> us. And yeah, if we return. So we'll find out what kind of uh, madness is going to occur there. But Last yes. week was just a big fight, and uh, we continued to not be dead. So, you know, to be continued, I'm sure this will be <laughs> still a long-running, <laughs> like, it's felt like we've been in the end game of this campaign for quite a while, so this third act is probably going to go on for a while as well. So well, I'll keep coming in with uh, updates. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. I do feel like it is winding down, right? Like it feels like we're getting close, like closer and closer. Like we're going to be sort of slugging it through hell for a minute. But I feel like we're we're getting very close to the end of this. How do you feel like 5e is playing at like the uh, the upper levels? You're level 14s ish right now. Like, yeah, you know, once you get to that level, are you just dealing with just a whole bunch of options, a whole bunch of spells, a whole bunch of abilities? Are you bogged down or you still feel like it flows pretty well? I think the problem is more on Josh's side where like it almost doesn't matter what he throws at us. We're able to deal with it capably. There's something that happens in like level 10 plus where it just gets very difficult when you're running games to give significant challenges. And I feel like Josh has been doing a great job in pushing us, but at the same time, even things that, he had built very much to destroy us have uh, crumbled in our way. fingers. Yes. Uh, my only uh, nuclear area. Yeah. Nuclear yeah nuclear my only <laughs> lament is that we didn't actually release the Tarask because 
Um, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but like I have never faced a Tarrasque in a game, uh, the Tarrasque in a game. And I feel like this group is probably the, this is definitely like the only group that I've been playing in where I feel like we could actually, pro- we could probably take a Tarrasque. Like maybe even easier know. than uh, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> We'll never know because it never got released. We could we should go play evil characters to go release it for one game, and then that way we'd win. So, last thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, move on is uh, this past weekend uh, we participated in an online gaming convention called Wormfest uh, that was run by Brian Colon, friend of the show. Go check out uh, our heel world episode to go and learn a lot about Brian, but uh, he also put out the vast grim, like a uh, Merck Bergen space horror uh, game uh, along with uh, creature curations and a lot of stuff. Actually, Brian puts out, <laughs> he's a man of many uh, products, but I will tell you what that guy is like always has like a cup of coffee in one hand and like, drawing sculpting or writing something with his other like non-stop super prolific on and all of it is high quality so definitely go check him out creature curations and vastgrim.com yeah and i just wanted to talk about how this thing was set up so uh earlier in the year at exalted funeral our friends our sponsors our uh people that put out the most amazing stuff Uh, did a similar online convention using a uh, website, I guess I'll call it, called Gather. And so uh, Wormfest used the same thing where you make an 8-bit character and you walk around a space that's built by the people, um, almost like Final Fantasy II style. And then when you get close to someone, a video chat pops up and then you could just have face-to-face conversations with whoever you're in the proximity to inside of the space. And so one of the cool things for Brian with Wormfest, he had built a uh, spaceship with like different rooms for panels, for running games, for just hanging out, a uh, vendor hall where you could go and buy epic level stuff. And so uh, it was fun just talking to people. Dave from Nerdarchy was there. There was even an art show in there, too. You could go and look at a bunch of the artwork from... uh... Some of the uh, some of the artists that participated in uh, Vast Grim. Yeah, it's a super fun thing. So keep your eye out for Wormfest uh, next year or any other things over at uh, Vast Grim uh, stuff. So with that, uh, let's move on to our uh, next segment: our fantasy pharmacy. Well, 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 Uh, welcome back to the Epic Levels Fantasy Pharmacy. Um, Steve, Zach, uh, let's go ahead and see what we can stock on the shelves of this fantasy pharmacy. Um, We've talked a lot about forests. We've talked about gardens um, and gardening. So what do we think? What do we think? And hands being lopped off. And hands being lopped off. I feel like we should do uh, like some magic beans. That's a classic folk fairy tale kind of thing. But I think we could put our own little magic little twist on it uh, to do something aside from growing a beanstalk. 
or uh, Willow style throwing acorns to turn people to stone. But I think yeah. uh, it might be fun to do some magic beans where you plant them and something happens. Okay, check this out. So you know how, uh, you know, uh, magic beans, traditionally you get the bean sprout, um, but the acorns from willow, they turn things to stone. What if what we make for our fantasy pharmacy is a uh, like jelly belly style bag of many different types of magic beans? Hmm. Are they labeled? I would like to imagine that on the back of the bag, it has like maybe there's eight flavors and they're labeled. But you know how like you can't really tell the difference between the like earwax flavor and the popcorn flavor. Like maybe it's kind of confusing. Those are the worst flavors. Also, like I will. The popcorn one is the worst thing I could put in my mouth ever. (laughs) So do you have to roll on a chart to see which one you used? Sure. Okay. So should we just do, how about we make it six? There's three of us. Why don't we pick a flavor and a thing that that flavor does? So this isn't planting. This is devouring. All right, Steve, what's flavor uh, that you're going to start with? All right. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, first flavor is uh Cactus, it's green, and uh, when you eat it, um, you uh, grow uh, spines, quills. That's awesome. I'm going to, yeah, it is. I'm going to go with um, uh, Wandering Vine, which is also green, so that we have a little bit of confusion in there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is something that you can throw on the ground next to a wall, and it creates a wandering vine that goes up the wall that gives you a bonus to your uh, climbing ability to climb up that wall. So what is the what is the flavor? Like, does it have a... Like, Steve's one tastes like a cactus. Does the vine yeah, taste... Oh. Yeah, does it got to be vine-flavored? Yeah, it's like, going <laughs> to taste like grass or something like that. Tastes like a... <laughs> tastes like a stem... <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to go with uh, cherry. So it's a cherry flavor, right? And it is, uh, it's red, obviously. And when you consume it, it gives you a bonus to your charisma. Oh, yeah, that's great. Ooh, it's a sexy, it's a sexy jelly bean. It doesn't have to be sexy, but um, it definitely makes you more alluring. Like, it's cherry red. There's no way I'm not going to be a sex bomb after I eat my cherry red <laughs> jelly bean. Um, I'm going to do uh, pumpkin orange. And uh, when you eat it, your head turns into a flaming jack-o'-lantern head and you get a uh, fire eyes attack. I love that so much. The um, uh, I did the thing I didn't mention about the uh, the forest, the Eastern Forest Adventure, is that we actually at one point were found in a pumpkin patch with these pumpkins that would attach themselves to our heads and try and squeeze us to death. Oh, that's awesome! Go ahead, Zach. Yeah, that's pretty great. 
Yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, another red just so that we have consistent confusion going on. Um, uh, it's, it's a red hot, so it's, it's like cinnamon flavored. And um, instead of charisma, uh, let's say that you get um, – it just, it just turns you completely red and you're immune to uh, fire damage. Love it. Um, and to just make sure that we have two of each color, uh, I am going to also do an orange one. But this one ha- has like little brown spots on it. Um, so, uh, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, like orange camo is kind of the coloring of this, um, (laughs) jelly bean (laughs) and very um, fashionable when you consume it, you, uh, you chameleon style blend in to your surroundings. So it basically, you know, if you're up against a wall, you are camouflaged to be the pattern of that wallpaper. Um, if you're standing beside a desk, you, your bottom half looks like the bottom of the desk and your top half looks like whatever's on it. Camo. Well, that rules. All right. I think this uh, bag of jelly beans is kind of high powered, actually. This is a great like uh, Swiss Army knife utility bag to have with you wherever you go. I love that you could probably even have a situation where you just reach in and grab one without, you know, randomly grab one without knowing what it is, you know, or, you know, that it's going to be one of two things and it's going to help you or not help you in the particular needs that you have. Oh, should we add in three more that do bad things? <laughs> so another green, another red, <laughs> and another orange that each does something bad. So there's like a one in three chance if you grab a green one that it might do something really bad to you. Sure. All right. Yeah. I like it. Uh, all right. I'll grab uh, another green one. And uh, I will say it tastes like pine. And uh, it turns you into a tree for one round. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, um, OK, I'll I'll jump in there um, and I'll do a, a red one. And um, this one tastes it's blood flavored. Yeah. So it tastes like blood. And when you consume it, oh, no. it um, it it literally turns you into a puddle of blood for three rounds. Uh, I since I think we're eating candy, and uh, you know we're in that that realm. So I this other third orange one tastes like candy corn, and um, you become very sticky, and uh, you, you you're basically non-viscous movement you know you can just very slowly move so it just like crumples your movement speed and it makes you extremely sticky i love it (laughs) it's it is a negative one but i could see there being times where it'd be beneficial like you're like trying to escape down the side of a wall and you just like eat one and jump into the wall and stick there to hide or something i don't know it's pretty try it it's pretty great if you're trying to hide, you definitely should have grabbed the the pumpkin, uh, the not the pumpkin one, the camo. Um, oh yeah, exactly. To try and hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, when you're out, you know, right. you got this those uh, Goomba ones left. Well, guys, this has been uh, super fun building these um, magic jelly beans. Um, I can't wait to go shopping in the fantasy pharmacy to uh, pick up a bag. Agreed. Uh, other things we have going on, uh, more big news. We're going to be launching our first ever Kickstarter. Andrew, why don't you tell everyone what our plans are? Ah, excellent. So um, keep your eyes peeled. We'll be sending out um, an email blast letting people know when the Kickstarter is going to launch. But uh, should be pretty soon from when this podcast uh releases um within a week or so um so around thanksgiving time keep your eyes out we're going to be releasing our full-length album armor classy on futuristic high-tech compacted discus um it's a new form of technology where music can be stored onto a small frisbee shape um and then you know played through a thing called a disc man so um there is a an additional purchase not through us required you need to buy yourself a discus player um the uh the disc man you know usually comes with some earphones so you know to improve your listening pleasure but that's not all i know you thought that that was uh plenty to um you know, fill your hearts with wonder for a Kickstarter. But in addition to the full album, there will also be a mini adventure um, based loosely on me and Steve's recent trip to the House on the Rock. So we're very excited to share this with you. Um, like I said, keep your eyes on our Instagram and we'll be if you're not a member of our if you're not joined onto our mailing list, please join our mailing list on the website. Uh, so that you can be updated when this hits. Uh, Steve, um, why don't you uh, give us a little Patreon update? Yep, very excited about this uh, compact disc. I love how sci-fi, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, you uh, listen to it with lasers. If you want, you can get real sci-fi with it and smoke crystals while you listen to your laser audio. Uh, I don't know if there's anything more sci-fi than uh, <laughs> listening with lasers, um, but we're excited about the uh, adventure as well. So we're well into writing and illustrating all of the stuff for uh, that. Uh, join our Patreon and learn about all this stuff before anyone else. Get some uh, free updated art as we're releasing stuff. Uh, we have uh, two more uh, big Mad Dungeon maps coming out. Uh, towards the end of the year, we got Giogo uh, Naguera coming out for November and our big family holiday adventure coming out just in time for your holiday fun this December before we move on to season two action in January. So tons more epic level stuff coming your way. We've got a lot of uh, items planned for all of that. So with yeah, that said, on the exciting. Patreon, it helps. It's super exciting. So the Patreon will give you uh, early access to all of the stuff that we're planning on doing. Uh, it'll also get you free art, stuff that we're not putting anywhere, and also mail outs. So you're going to get, I don't know, people are getting pins and stickers and all sorts of uh, cool stuff on a postcards. Yeah, on a very regular basis. So 
We're thinking about our patron patrons and uh, honestly care about all of you a lot. Thank you very much. It's very helpful for everything that we're doing. All of the money that we get from it just goes right back into the show so we can make more cool stuff. So thank you very much for all of that. Uh, Zach, why don't you uh, hit us up about social stuff? Yeah, yeah. If you're uh, enjoying listening to us talk, but uh, get frustrated that you can't talk back to us because it's a recording, well, we have interactivity for you. We have a Discord, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. I think my personal favorite right now is the Instagram. Uh, a lot of um, interesting sharing happening on Instagram. But, uh, you know, reach us out. We're uh, Epic Levels Rap Gods com, And uh, there you can also find all our socials, including in our uh, show notes. So come say hi. Come say hi. We love all come of you. Come say hi. Uh, we're very uh, sociable. Come say hi. All right. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Andrew. Looking thank forward you, to our uh, you, next recording and uh, lots more coming your way. Yeah. You got it. My bean plant died. Don't kill me. I'll come back for your other hand, you bitch. <laughs> I'm out of here, sucker. Uh, hey, man. Thanks for listening to Epic Level's uh, Mad Dungeon Podcast. Uh, if you would do us the favor of uh, subscribing to uh, us on your favorite podcast player, I want to have to shank you this knife. Also, uh, leave uh, five or more stars, leave a nice comment, and tell all your friends. Here's a cell phone. Do it now. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Epic underscore Levels. You're welcome. Get nerd merch and stay up to date at epiclevelsrapdots.com, my main man. And until next time, may your crits be plentiful and your fumbles few.